Well, good morning, Noblesville First. My name is Pastor Nicole, and it is my privilege to welcome you to worship here this morning. I am indeed exceedingly glad as I look out and see so many familiar faces welcome back, and I also see some new faces. If that's you this morning, I want to invite you to stop by our welcome desk right outside of our worship space. You'll meet one of the Pams, either Pam Kaplinger or Pam Stair. Apparently, if you want to be on hospitality, the first requirement is you have to be named Pam in this church. But they'll be waiting for you to welcome you with a very special gift, as well as share some next steps that you can take in your faith here at Noblesville First. I also want to invite you to register your attendance online. You'll see our next steps graphic where you can let us know that you are here today. We like to know that you're here so that we can stay connected and share ways that you can grow in your faith all week long. So now I invite you to stand and join with me in our call to worship, which you'll find on our screens. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From the rising of the sun to its setting, praise the name of the Lord. We will bless God's holy name now and evermore. The glory of the Lord is high above the heavens, so we will sing God's praise. Please remain standing as together we join in our hymn of praise, When Morning Gilds the Sky. You'll see the words on your screen as well as in your hymnals, number 185. Let us worship together.
now we invite you to show signs of love and peace to those around you.
Good morning. I would like to also welcome those online this morning. And if you have a candle available, I would invite you to light one as we come into the presence of God as we begin more prayer this morning. Please join me in a call to prayer. God, in whom we live and move and have our being, we join with Christians around the world to seek your healing grace and to pray for justice and mercy in your creation. We thank you for the ways in which your spirit surprises us, bringing healing and hope to us in times of trouble. Speak to us a word of hope and embrace us with your steadfast love, which will never let us go. Amen. Please join together in a moment of silent prayer and take to God what's on your heart. Then I'll say a pastoral prayer, and then we'll follow with the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Mighty Father, God of our salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord and by most Holy Spirit. This morning, Father, we especially pray for all victims of any kind of violence, physical, psychological, spiritual. Any act of violence against one here on earth is an act of violence against you and your creation. This is not acceptable, and we need your power to overcome what now almost seems like a cultural and normal way of life. We also know, Lord, that you visited many gardens during your lifetime here on earth. How many seeds you must have planted throughout creation including those of the beautiful flowers we see on our altar today, shared by the Han and the Mills families. The very act of sharing these flowers in honor of George Han's 90th birthday is an act of kindness, remembrance, and love. But therein lies your glory, God. The fact that any love is shared in this world is because of your love and your grace, Father. You love us through all our loneliness, our tears, our fears, our messes and mistakes. Forgive us, Lord. Sometimes we think we don't matter. But then you tell us that every single one of us matters, God. Every single one. 
Thank you for this garden of precious life and your faithful providence now and in the forever. Together, Jesus, we humbly pray the treasured words that you taught us long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. announcements that we want to share with you this morning. Don't miss next Sunday's Grow and Go Expo, where a handful of ministry leaders will be available in the narthex to help you grow in your faith as you learn about new classes, life groups, and Bible studies that you can engage in and go in your faith. The Expo will be held after the 8.30 and the 9.45 a.m. services but before the 11 a.m. There will be fun giveaways and the opportunity to connect with ministry leaders who will answer your questions and help you to sign up. Accident victims, premature babies, patients with sickle cell disease, and other patients who need blood transfusions, like Daxton here on the screen, are counting on kind-hearted people like you. The church will host its next blood drive on Monday, October 3rd, from 2 to 6.30 p.m., but now is the time to sign up on our website at noblesvillefirst.com. In their book, The Big Picture, Seeing God's Dream for Your Life, Pastor Nicole and her husband, Pastor Javon, take a closer look at the life of Joseph to discover God's presence in moments of triumph and trauma. Join in a five-week study on Mondays at 9.30 a.m. with Carol Miller or Thursdays at 7 p.m. with Pastor Nicole. More on our website for that as well. The United Methodist Women's Rummage Sale is coming up. Start collecting items you'd like to donate October 9 through 11 and mark your calendars to shop October 12 through the 14th. An army of volunteers is needed to carry out this important fundraiser. And you can mark your interest right here on your connection cards today, just on the back. 
Also, after service today, Whitcomb Chapel, just outside these doors, will be open after worship this morning for anyone who would like additional prayer time. You can sit quietly in the chapel and pray, and I will also be available to pray with you if you so wish. Please do not be shy or afraid to come to ask for prayer. It will be very peaceful, and everyone is welcome. This is surely a very busy church, and we are blessed. So let us now join in a time of prayer for our offering to our Lord. Let's pray. Father, as we think about all the blessings your church offers to us, the caring pastors, for new friends we just met today, for people we have known for many, many years, for all who have gone before us and our many different ministries, you have helped us all, accepting us as we are, loving us as we are. We offer the best that we can today to glorify you through our time, our wallets, our presence with you, God, and with one another. It wasn't that long ago, Jesus, that our church doors were closed, but your heart was always open. Hallelujah. May our hearts do the same today and always as we praise you and thank you, our gracious and loving God. Thank you.
and you may be seated. I am so grateful for Pastor Jill. I was joking with her at our early service that now I know she preaches, she teaches, she prays, she sings, and she told me in the last service that she was the part of the dance team. So there's a new liturgical <laughs> dance ministry that Pastor Jill will soon be leading. Any sign-ups, please let Pastor Jill know. With that said, I want to invite you to prepare your hearts to receive God's word today and join me in our prayer for understanding that you will see on your screen. Lord, send your Holy Spirit to give us a fresh understanding of the scriptures this day. Challenge us and change our lives as we encounter your wisdom and truth through Christ, your living word, Amen. Amen. Today we continue in our sermon series, Faith to Table, where we've been reflecting on the harvest scriptures throughout the Bible. We kicked off our series with Pastor Mary Eileen preaching on the parable of the sower. And then last week we looked at Paul's letter to the Corinthians and his call for each of us to play our part, whether we are those planting or watering. But this week, we turn to the Gospel of Mark. We turn to the fourth chapter, and we'll pick up at the 30th verse and continue through the 32nd. Listen to the word of God for you today. Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now you knew this was coming. Turn to your neighbor, smile at them. If you don't have a neighbor right next to you, just turn around and repeat after me. Neighbor, neighbor. oh neighbor, oh, neighbor. Don't, pass me don't pass me any mints. Don't write me any notes. Don't, write me any notes. don't poke me. Don't, don't hunch me. Don't it's time for the word. I need the word. You need the word. I can talk to you later. Amen. Amen. I'm going to preach this morning on the theme, Lessons from the Mustard Seed. Lessons from the Mustard Seed. Pastor Jill, have you ever imagined what it would be like when you finally make it to heaven and stand face to face with God and can ask all of your burning questions, well, you're not alone. One social media user posted this exact scenario, asking, what would you ask God when you finally get to heaven? And millions of people all around the country and all across the world responded. As you can imagine, some of these questions were quite theological, serious, and deep. Questions like, are we born good or are we sinful from the start? 
Why do bad things happen to good people? Or will there ever be a cure for cancer? These are deep and abiding questions, questions that might keep you up at night or may even be at the top of your list for God. But there are other questions, questions that I'm not sure I would have the gumption to ask the creator of the universe, but millions of other people agreed were important. Biological questions like, God, what is the point of middle school? (laughs) It just seems like cruel and unusual punishment. Has anyone ever gotten to heaven and said, oh Lord, thank you for middle school. It was the best time of my life. I don't even have to ask God, this user writes, I know it didn't happen. Will you end this and change the course of human history? Environmental questions like, God, what's up with the mosquito? (laughs) And and I respect intellectual property, so I'm going to quote here. Seriously, bro, can you just admit that was a divine design flaw? (laughs) Aside from making every family reunion I've ever attended unbearably itchy, Can you just admit that we don't need mosquitoes a part of the circle of life? Or philosophical questions. Like, God, I'm going to ask you what everyone wants to but is afraid to say. Which came first? The chicken or the egg? For millennia, we've been debating what this answer could be, and I can't enjoy heaven without knowing the answer. I won't tell anyone, except for the millions of other people who have liked and shared this post. Now, I wonder what questions you might add to this list. But there's one that I have when I read our scripture this morning. God, why the mustard seed? Of all the metaphors that could be used to describe the kingdom of God, the dwelling place of the creator of the universe and the followers of Jesus Christ, why a mustard seed? After all, there is nothing spectacular about a mustard seed. It is common It is puny, it is mundane, and it is so tiny that if you blink, you could miss it. But maybe, maybe that's precisely the point. You see, too often we think of the kingdom of God as way up there, where God sits on this golden throne, and we are down here in our everyday, ordinary lives. We think of the kingdom of God as inaccessible and out of reach from us. And that only after we've proven that we are good enough, great enough, holy enough, faithful enough, or extraordinary enough, then and only then will we finally gain entry into this heavenly kingdom of God. But the mustard seed is not exclusive or out of reach. 
Biblical commentators teach us that the mustard seed was the kind of seed that could be found in any village, in any city, in any no-name marketplace throughout the region. Or in modern parlance, the mustard seed was at Walmart, Kroger, or Williams-Sonoma if you're fancy. It's one of those things that you can find anywhere, everywhere, and so too is the kingdom of God. Jesus is teaching us through this parable that like the mustard seed, God's kingdom is not some far away place off in the clouds that's out of our reach. It's not some exclusive club for the holies of holies. But the, the kingdom of God can be found right here and right now. This idea reminds me of a dear friend of mine, Reverend Juanita Rasmus. You may have come across her as she is the co-pastor of one of the, the largest United Methodist churches in the country. She is a sought-after spiritual director, and she is the author of a best-selling book, Learning to Be. And as gifted and accomplished as she is, there's just this one thing, Pastor Bonnie, that really annoys me about her. Every time I talk to her, whether it's an appointment or just a casual hello, she interrupts me and tells me, just breathe. <laughs> I find this really irritating because if I wasn't breathing, we wouldn't be having the conversation. And sometimes when I think I've dodged her and I've just gotten her voicemail, even her voicemail, tells you, just breathe. <laughs> now, without fail, every time we talk, she tells me, just breathe, and then she follows it with these words. Because God is just as close to you as your very next breath. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach us when he compares the kingdom of God to a mustard seed. He's trying to close the gap of distance that we imagine between ourselves and God. And instead, establish God's kingdom as just as close as our very next breath. As accessible and present as a seed that we could find anywhere and everywhere. That's where the kingdom of God is. Not way up there, but right here and right now. And so the first lesson that we learn from this text is that the mustard seed is like the kingdom of God because it teaches us about the proximity of God. But it also teaches us about the possibility of God. So first, let me be clear and issue this disclaimer. I am no Katie Rogers. I could not grow 25,000 servings of food like she and our volunteers do every year at Teeter, our church's very own organic farm and retreat. But I do, I do have a working knowledge of agricultural, permacultural, and horticultural systems of production. No, I don't. I'm sorry. I just... 
I, I googled synonyms for agriculture and those are the ones that came up. Um, because in truth, I, I really don't know anything about agriculture, but, but I do know this. A seed has within it everything that it needs to produce a harvest. Katie will correct me if I'm wrong, but the last time I checked, you don't have to add any roots to the seed. You don't have to add any leaves to the seed, any flowers or roots to the seed, because the seed already contains everything that it needs on the inside to produce a great harvest on the outside. And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, I don't know where you may be in your faith, but when you hear that, you might be saying, no, you're not talking to me, Pastor. You might be wondering what God will do in your retirement if you have the energy to take on a new role in ministry and God sent me here to tell you it's already in you. You might be right in the of it, running back and forth between work and preschool and soccer games and pickups, and you're wondering if you have what it takes to raise up a family that knows and loves Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, it's already in you. You may have just received a diagnosis that threatens your health or even your life, and you're wondering if you have the strength to go through this treatment, and I'm here to tell you, it's already in you. Like a mustard seed that God has designed with everything that it needs to produce a harvest, God has designed you with everything that you need to produce your faith. You have within you the energy to serve in ministry and make a difference. You have within you the endurance to raise your family. You have within you the faith to fight your fear. It's all ready in you. And here it is. If it's not in you, then you don't need it. That, that's really hard for me to say because I plan to go to the mall after church today. <laughs> but I'm going to practice it. Nicole, you don't need it. <laughs> Nicole, it doesn't matter if it's on clearance. You don't need it. Because here's the honest truth. We spend so much of our lives convincing ourselves that we need something outside of us instead of what's already inside of us. We think that if only we had that gift or that opportunity, that position or that title, those children or that partner, then we could really produce something great. And while we focus so much of our lives on what we think we need on the outside, God is trying to focus us on what we need that is already on the inside. And it's easy. It's easy to miss that we already have what we need on the inside because we can't see it on the surface. When we look at the mustard seed, we don't see the roots, the leaves, the branches, or the flowering buds. But in the kingdom of God, 
There is always more than what we can see on the surface. We see a mustard seed. Only one-eighth inch in diameter, but God sees a tree that can grow up to 30 feet. We see a barren couple, but God sees descendants that will outnumber the stars. We see a shepherd with a slingshot, but God sees a king who will slay giants. We see an average teenage girl, but God sees the mother of a messiah. We see fishermen with, with nets and boats, but God sees men who will fish for souls. We see a murderer who persecutes the church, but God sees an evangelist who will grow it beyond the borders of race, nationality, gender, and even religion. Because in God's kingdom, there is always possibility beyond what we can see on the surface. And even beyond what we can see in ourselves. And so maybe, maybe the question for us today is can we see how God sees? Can we recognize that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed right here, right now? Can we see that we have within us everything that we need to produce a harvest? Can we see the possibility beneath the surface? If you're not sure what your answer may be, if, if your vision is a little hazy this morning, I have some homework for you. Yes, there can be homework in sermons. When you get home or when you sign off of our worship online, I want you to take a look in the mirror. I want you to really look at yourself. And then I want you to write down what you see. No, not the things that you see on the surface the wrinkles or, or the blemishes, or in my case, the gap between your teeth. Not what parents or, or teachers or friends or frenemies said about you. I want you to see you the way that God sees you. Can you see it? A disciple who's faced pain and struggles but by faith is still here. Can you see it? A sacrificial giver with a legacy to leave. Can you see it? A worshiper with a song, not just to sing, but to live. Can you see it? A volunteer with a mission to serve the church, the community, and the world. Can you see it? Beneath the surface, a child of God with more possibility than we could ever see. That's what God sees when God looks at you. What do you see when you look at you? As you consider this question, I want to offer one final observation about the mustard seed and the kingdom of God. We've learned that God's kingdom is proximate. We've learned that in God's kingdom we have everything that we need to produce. And we've learned that there is possibility underneath the surface. 
But here's the last thing that we learn from this text. To see the fruit of the harvest, we will have to practice patience. You see, when the mustard seed is planted, there are seven steps. Germination, leaf development, stem elongation, inflorescence emergence, flowering, fruit development and ripening, and senescence. I don't really know how to say that last word or what each of those stages entails. Remember, I received my agricultural degree from the University of Google, but here, here is what I know for sure. It doesn't happen overnight. Let me say that again. It doesn't happen overnight. My five-year-old, Isabella, is learning this the hard way. She brought home this plant from school where they had been learning all about cycles of growth and how to make gardens grow. And she was given her very own pot with her very own soil and her very own seed. And she was so excited to bring it home and teach us all about the miracle of growth. She was so proud of this little plant that she put it on the windowsill and displayed it so just in case our neighbors walked by, they could see this miracle of growth. But then the next morning, she ran into our bedroom crying and screaming inconsolably. She said, look, it's not working. My plant still looks the same as it did yesterday. Now, you may not be five, but isn't that how we feel sometimes? That our faith, that our understanding, that our church or even our ministry looks like it did yesterday. But here's the truth. The harvest that grows in pots of soil in living rooms or in fields of mustard seeds in the Middle East or in the kingdom of God. They each take time. The mustard seed transforms from one-eighth of an inch to a tree of over 30 feet tall, but that doesn't happen overnight. It takes days, months, and even years until it reaches its full height. Yet it already has within it everything it needs to grow. It already has within it infinite possibility, but it still takes time to produce. Mustard seeds don't grow overnight, and neither does our faith. But day by day, month by month, year by year, God patiently grows beneath the surface a faith from the smallest of seeds to the tallest of trees. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's happening right here and right now. Because in God's kingdom, you, you are the harvest. Let us pray. Creator God, you teach in parables so that we might seek you for understanding. And we thank you, O oh God, that through this parable we learn just how close you really are. How your kingdom has already come and your harvest is growing in each of us. 
Help us to believe that you've equipped us with everything we already need. Silence the voices of doubt and fear, even when they are our own. Give us the spiritual sight to see beneath the surface and the patience to wait for the harvest. Thank you for inviting us into your kingdom of grace, love, forgiveness, and growth. And help us to be your harvest of faith in the church, in the community, and in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. now as we prepare to leave this place, I hope that you will echo the hymn writer and say, here I am, Lord, send me. God can send you 
because you already have within you everything that you need to serve God, to serve God's people, and to serve the community. So go from this place knowing that God goes with you and that together we are each growing in our faith minute by minute, day by day, month by month, each year that goes by until God's great harvest is fully grown. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, go in peace.